everybody. Welcome to the China Conceive podcast, where we talk about everything China Conceive, pregnancy, and more. And before we get into today's episode, I wanted to give a quick update on myself. So if you're a new listener, welcome. I have been trying to get pregnant for about four and a half years, um, which I know sounds like a crazy long time, but I started this podcast just to create a platform for people to come together and hear different ways that you can get to mom town. So whether that's through a pregnancy, whether that's through adoption, whether that's through fertility treatments, I just want a place where people can come and share their stories. So for my particular story, we were supposed to start some fertility treatments in April. Today is April 2nd, 2020, but with all this COVID-19 stuff, Fertility treatments are put on the back burner so that the emphasis can be placed on some more pressing issues um, going on in the world. So our stuff is delayed a little bit. I'm feeling fine with it, weirdly. I've kind of been in a, a good headspace as of late, so that's good. I'm feeling kind of at ease and like it'll all work out. But I know a couple people are asking that I share some updates on myself on here. So just wanted to let you know that things are just kind of in limbo. Still trying naturally, but hopefully moving forward, we'll be able to get started on some more fertility procedures. So today we are talking to an amazing woman named Molly. And she's going to share her story about how she conceived with her husband. And... And we do touch a little bit more on medical stuff, more so than I think in other episodes, but just always know that I'm not a medical professional. Please always talk to your doctor. Every person and every body is so different, so please always talk to your doctor first. Anything that we talk about in an interview with any person, it's always just our own experiences, so you need to do what's best for you and yourself. Let's get Molly on the line, and I hope that you enjoy this interview. So can you tell us a little bit about your trying to conceive journey? Definitely. So I'm 31 years old, and my husband and I were talking about conceiving for like a few months. We were trying to plan it around different like events we had coming up, and we just didn't want it to be super chaotic. So, you know, we waited until the right time, and around the same time, it was really interesting because I was having some pretty severe heartburn. So I was making some lifestyle modifications surrounding that. Like I was limiting caffeine, like drinking little to no caffeine. I was trying to limit alcohol. And then when I decided to conceive, I um, eliminated it altogether. So no alcohol, little to no caffeine. Um, I was also... I'm just like a, I'm a person who's very in tune with my body's energy and I love meditation and all that kind of stuff. So it was really important to me to feel energetically okay and energetically in tune with myself. So every morning I was doing like a 10 minute guided meditation that I found on Insight Timer, which is like an app you can download. And it was funny because at the time my husband and I were renovating our kitchen and we weren't living at home for like three months. So we were staying like basically out on my husband's family's property and like a, not an abandoned house, but nobody was in the house at the time. So it was kind of like a funny time to be conceiving. Like we weren't even home. Our house was in shambles. Like I was already making all these lifestyle modifications for the heartburn. So 
part of me wonders, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I don't want to give any like medical advice or anything, but part of me wonders if making those modifications for like the heartburn was helpful in trying to conceive. Like I said, like, you know, no alcohol, limiting very little caffeine. But, you know, again, I, I don't really want to give like medical advice or anything, but the things that were important to me were those things, uh, the meditation. And my doctor had said, you know, I kind of asked her like, is there anything like you recommend? Like, you know, besides the obvious of things of trying to conceive, is there anything specific like you would recommend? And she said, you know, some people will use those apps to track their cycles and they'll try to have sex like on the exact days that they're ovulating. And I told her like with my anxiety, I just didn't think that was going to work for me. Like I completely understand it works for many people, but it just didn't resonate with me. That being said though, I was curious about when I was ovulating. So I did like, I think I Googled like the cycle and I, I roughly tried to figure out when I was ovulating, but like by no means did I have like an app and I was like, we were like having sex on specific days, but I did have like somewhat of an awareness of when I was ovulating. So I made sure to like have sex around that time. But I liked the advice that my doctor gave me. She said, make sure you're trying to have sex like three days a week. You know, I know life can get really busy and (laughs) sometimes it can be harder than not to like find time for things like that, which sounds terrible. But um, that was really helpful to me because I felt like that was more helpful to hear than her saying like, make sure you have sex every day. So I kind of tucked that away in my mind too. Yeah, I know because to have sex every day, like sure, it sounds great, but to like physically do that and mentally do that is I I've done it for an entire month and it is impossible. Like by the end, you're like resenting your partner. You're both kind of like just not excited about it. So I do think it's smart to just like try and limit, um, the stress surrounding like what you should be doing and to just aim for like, you know, trying to get it around approximately when you're ovulating. And, you know, I think the three days a week takes a lot of pressure off. I mean, that's still to me a lot, but I know every relationship is different, but I think that's a much more tangible goal than to try and do it every single day. I completely agree. And I think, you know, kind of pointing out what you just said, like if you're, you know, having sex every single day with the goal of conceiving, like that just, you know, sometimes it can feel like that would put so much pressure on the situation and it almost kind of takes like the spontaneity out of it. Like it just feels like a plan. Um, And I mean, I don't know how detailed you want me to get into this, but I'll get pretty detailed and you can, (laughs) you can edit it out if you don't want to put it in, but um, (laughs) So I don't know. The other, again, this is just things that were important to me. I'm not saying they would apply to everybody, but um, another, a couple of things that were like really important to me is like, I'm just so big on energy and like feeling connected that I really didn't try to like have sex every single day because I really wanted to be in a good headspace every time we were trying to like have sex with the goal to conceive. Like I really like during those times, I feel like I tried to like energetically connect with my partner and like really feel like I was like present in the moment and not just, you know, lay there and like be like, oh God, I hope this works. Like I really, it's not easy. I'm making it sound like it was easy, but I really tried to like make an effort to feel like I was 
fully connected and fully present and like trying to visualize it happening, like the actual conception. I know that sounds crazy, but um, just trying to really like feel it happening. The other thing that was kind of funny is <laughs> I I don't know anything about, I guess, the science behind this, but like after we would have sex, I would kind of lay there for like five minutes, just like make sure everything kind of settled. But I don't know if that's TMI, but to me, that just felt really important. Like I didn't want to get up right away. I just kind of laid there for like five minutes. (laughs) I think that's really good advice because I know I don't want to get too TMI about my own because this is your story, but there's been lots of times where I've known I was ovulating and we've forced it And like, not only is it not pleasurable, but then it's like adding so much stress and neither one of us like are in the mood. One of us might be like having a cold or like just not even feeling well, but we don't want to miss our window for that month. So we're like, let's push through it. But you're right. Like it definitely, I think helps to be in a good mindset and then it's kind of like I've thought this to myself do I want to know that I conceived knowing that we were like in a fight or we were sick or we just didn't want to connect with each other in that way at that moment so that's a good point yeah and and that's a really good point and I'm glad that you said that because like you know life is not perfect and just because like even if you have an app and it's telling you like you are ovulating today. And like, you know, like you said, like you might be in a fight or you might be really tired or really stressed and just not there. And it's like, you know, it's just, it, then it's not right. Then just wait. And the other cool thing, my, I forgot about this too. My doctor had told me, um, you know, the sperm can live inside your body for several days. So even, I mean, again, I, I don't want to get too technical with this because I'm not exactly sure about all the details, but say you don't have sex on like the exact day that you're ovulating, like you might have had sex like a day or two surrounding that and it could still be effective because like the sperm lives in your body for several days or it can. So that kind of gave me comfort too. Like it's not the super exact science like I think I was telling myself it is. Like of course it is to a certain extent, but I think I was thinking it was so precise that you had to do it on like an exact day for it to work, you know, but I think her telling me that kind of gave me some comfort. Um, Yeah. And, and again, I think that three day a week would work really well. I mean, if you're spacing them out, I guess if you do it like back to back, you might limit your options, but you know, if you were to space it out, then no matter what, there's going to be sperm in the right place at the right time if everybody's body chemistry is um, in working order, of course. Exactly. And, you know, of course, I completely understand, like, everyone's doctor, you know, tells them different things. And depending on, like, a medical condition somebody might have, like, their doctor might be instructing them, you know, have sex five days a week. You know, I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm just trying to share, like, my story and, like, what my doctor said. So how long were you guys trying? So that's the other thing. And I think I felt a lot of guilt surrounding this. Um, but we pretty much got pregnant right away. Like we were only trying for about a month. And I always do feel guilty saying that because I've talked to people that have had trouble and, um, but I'm learning not to try to not to feel guilty saying that out loud. Cause it's just, you know, what happened? It's just, I guess, you know, our path and our story, but I definitely feel grateful that, you know, it it really did take like a short period of time. 
It makes me sad when I hear people say that they feel guilty about that because you're not the first person I've heard say that. And like, not only can you not control it, but also in a way, I think getting pregnant immediately can be a little bit hard because you don't actually have that like kind of prolonged amount of time to like think about what you're doing and get like kind of excited about it. Not that a month isn't enough time, but like sometimes I feel like if it were to take like two or three months, you kind of like build up a little bit of excitement, like, oh, look at what we're trying to do. Like I should start looking at baby clothes and you kind of get a little bit of a chance to uh, build anticipation. But on the other hand, I think if it's not happening in a certain window for myself, once I hit like a certain mark, I started to get actually really anxious about it. So I think from that point of view, getting pregnant the first time would be great, but it's so complicated. It's like, maybe it's just human nature, but I feel like no matter what, it's still like very exciting, but also a a little bit hard. I agree. And I agree with you that I feel like there's so many different ways you could look at either way, like whether you get pregnant right away or it takes a long time, like there's so many different perspectives you could look at it from. So how were you feeling when you found out? So it's funny because I genuinely thought it would take a really long time. So when I took the pregnancy test, um, I had the kind where, you know, like the, the lines come up, but I think mine was like two lines meant you were pregnant. One line meant you were not pregnant. So I took it um, and initially only one line showed up and I was like bummed, but I also was like, well, obviously we just started trying. And then all of a sudden the second line appeared and I like, I was, I like couldn't believe it. My, like my heart was just like racing. And I had initially had this like whole cute thing planned out that I was going to do for my husband. Like I was going to like, write a letter and like put it in the mailbox and pretend it was like from the baby and say like, you know, like, I can't wait to meet you daddy or something like that. I was just going to do something like cute and thought out. But when I found out, I just ran downstairs and I just said to my husband, I was like, are you ready to be a daddy? (laughs) I just like, it was really exciting. (laughs) So how, like, had you missed your period by the time you took a pregnancy test or did you get one of those ones that you can test a little bit earlier? So it's funny, like that's actually not as straightforward as I thought it would have been. Like the box says something about like you can test five days before your missed period, but I think the accuracy, like they showed the percentages, like the accuracy obviously increases as you get towards that like day of your missed period. And I think I took the test like either on the day I was supposed to get my period or like the day after, like I pretty much took it like whenever the box told me to take it because I think it could have taken it a couple days earlier, but I was like, why don't I just wait? So it's a little bit more accurate, you know? And then obviously I made an appointment with the doctor just to to like confirm it because it's kind of scary. It's like, can I trust this little stick that I just peed on? Like, I don't know. So I like made a, an appointment with the doctor and it was really funny because they make you pee in a cup and then you go sit in a room and then the nurse was like, okay, let me just, you know, I'll test, I'll, you know, test the urine, blah, blah, blah. So she put me in a room and she's like, okay, the doctor will be right here with you. And I was like, wait, wait, I said, am I pregnant? And she was like, oh yeah. And she kind of laughed, but it was just funny. It was like, they didn't even tell me. I was oh like, my gosh. <laughs> How quickly did you get into the doctor? 
I think I was able to get into the doctor within maybe like two or three weeks as a new patient. Um, it was pretty quick. Did they do an ultrasound when you first got there? They, I'm trying to remember. I honestly think they just, like my, my initial first patient appointment, they just did like a urine test. Then I had my first ultrasound at eight weeks. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, if everybody does that or I think there's like a range you're supposed to get your first one in, but mine just happened to be like in the eight week range. Okay. So how did you guys tell your families? So we actually, um, we have a dog and like we obviously like everybody, like we love our dog and he's a huge part of our family. So we bought him these bandanas on Amazon and they said big brother. <laughs> so we tied a bandana around his neck that said big brother. And first, um, this is actually when we were still staying out on my in-laws like property in that, um, the house that was vacant. So we drove like down the road and went up to his parents' house and we tied the bandana around our dog. It said big brother. And we kind of just like released him and he ran up towards my mother-in-law and she was like, oh, hi, like, you know, greeted my dog. And then she saw his bandana and she was like, big brother. And she goes, big brother. And then she started crying. And it was really funny because they have those blink cameras. So like it was all caught on camera. <laughs> wow, that's really cool um, that it was on camera. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously like we told my father-in-law too. And um, that same day, then we drove to like tell my parents and it was funny we have this on video too because my husband videotaped it but um my mom got it right away but um when she saw the bandana but it was funny because it's just like a joke in my family that we have like I'm sure everybody does but we have like 50 nicknames for my dog like we have a new nickname for him every day and I'm sure everybody does too but when my dad saw the bandana that said big brother, he just thought it was like another nickname for the dog that we thought of. And he goes, Oh, cool. Where'd you get those? Like, where'd you get that bandana? And my mom was like, do you not get it? And then you, we, we like caught him on video, like his face that he makes when he realizes like, Oh, like I'm going to be a grandpa again. <laughs> it was really funny. So sweet. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like, Obviously, it's really scary in the beginning because you, you know, I hate to say it, but you are concerned about something happening or a miscarriage. Like, of course, like those things are running through your head. So we kind of waited until like eight weeks to tell like our immediate families, like just like our parents and our siblings. But then we started telling more friends. I think I told a couple of friends. Like, I think I might have even told you like earlier on too. But then when we got to 12 weeks, we kind of told like, the rest of our parents and families and things like that. But I will say though, like as exciting as pregnancy is, like I have to be honest, like sometimes it is still a little scary. Like I think it took me a long time for that fear to go away of like something happening or I, you know, I think it gets better, but it never fully goes away. At what point do you feel like you started to genuinely feel pregnant? I think it starts to feel more tangible in like the second trimester. Like I think as things go along and as you feel safer, like you start like rubbing your belly more. And I mean, I, everybody's body is so different, but I feel like from very early on, I was like super bloated. Like I remember even like, like as far back as I can remember, I just remember being like bloated and like my clothes were already like not fitting me right. 
it's really interesting. And it's funny because then I'll hear other people say that they don't even show until they're like in their like 20th week or something. I'm like, my God, that was not my, that was not my journey at all. I feel like I showed right away. (laughs) I guess it's again, one of those things that like there's pros and cons to both because I feel like if you're not showing at all and you're in your like 20th week, it would make me wonder, not wonder, but it would make me feel like, oh my God, like, is this real? Like I pictured having this bump and then if you're showing really early, then it might in a way make it feel more real because you're like, well, I know my stomach's not normally like this. So like, there's got to be someone in there. No, definitely. Like having a bump makes it feel more tangible. And um, it's so funny. Well, it's not funny, but it's been really interesting to hear because I know a bunch of other people that are pregnant right now and just listening to like, you know, how they feel about their bodies and the changes and things like that. And, you know, I think I've just kind of been embracing like the changes in my body that have been going on, which, you know, I mean, all of us have had like body issues over the years, like self being self-conscious about certain things. For some reason, like I've honestly just felt like pregnancy was you know, natural and like magical and any change that's been going on, I've just been like feeling happy about it. Like, you know, my belly's growing and all that stuff. But it's been interesting to hear, like, I think some from, it tends to be from, I think some of my like friends or like acquaintances that tend to have like a more, maybe like a more slender frame. I think they're having like a lot of, um, challenges with like the changes in their body and I just feel very like you know sympathetic towards them and like trying to put myself in their shoes like you know their bodies never looked like this before like that must be like huge change and um I ended up I talked to my husband about it and I just ended up making I just felt so strongly about it I ended up making like an Instagram page about just like celebrating you know, like the changes in our bodies, like whether it's prenatal or postpartum, because to me, it's just so natural and so magical. And I don't think society should ever dictate like how you feel, how you should feel about your body. And, you know, obviously pregnancy or not, but um, I think I just felt so passionate about sending that message. I almost felt like I just needed to like do something about it. So I love that. Um, Tell us more about your Instagram page. Like what type of content do you plan to post on there and how could people find it? Yeah, of course. Um, The Instagram page is honestly dedicated towards like just celebrating like changes during the prenatal and postpartum period. So um, I, you know, I offer it up to people if if they'd like to submit photos, they can. And of course I get their permission before I post them. Um, But people have sent me like, all kinds of pictures, which is really nice. Like sometimes it's just like a picture of their baby bump or, um, I, one of the, my favorite ones that I have is, um, my friend that's a mom and it's a picture of her, like just before she gave birth to her second baby, but her daughter's in the picture, like looking at her belly. It's really cute. Um, and you know, people send me postpartum pictures too. Like I have a really, um, a good friend that, I have a picture of her like with her um, twin daughters. Like I think it was like a day or two or maybe a couple days after um, giving birth and she's just like laying with her girls. But yeah, it's called, it's love my bump underscore. So if you want to check it out, but 
it's just, it's a really powerful message to me. Like, you know, just accept your body and, you know, celebrate other people's bodies and you, you never know how your body's going to change. So I think just kind of embracing it. And I don't always think it's easy. Like, of course there's certain days where I'm like, oof, like none of my clothes fit me, but it's like, yeah, cause you're pregnant, you know, like this is normal. This is natural. And, um, I do think we all have those days where it can feel tough that your body's changing, but I just wanted to make that page to have the overall message be like, okay, even on your tough days, just remember, like accept and love your body and appreciate like what it's able to do. I love that. I was listening, I think it was Michelle Obama on Oprah's podcast, and she was talking about like body image with her daughters. And one of her daughters was upset because I think she was in her early 20s and couldn't fit into her like teenage jeans. And Michelle was like, well, you have a woman's body now. Like your body is changing. You wouldn't be mad if you were 16 and couldn't fit into your eight-year-old jeans. Like those were kids' jeans and then you were in teenage jeans. So I think it's really good to just know that you're going through this huge experience and it's not a natural um, thought to think, well, I should be fitting in my regular pants when you're in a pregnant body. Like it's just not the situation at hand. So I like that you're using like real people because sometimes I think we only really see like celebrities or even like Instagram's good because we can see um, different people, but we're only seeing like what they want to show us. So I think having a variety of all different types of bodies is a really healthy and beautiful thing that you're doing. Exactly. And like, and you know, by no means am I like, I forget what the, um, oh, it's called. Face tuning, like by no means am I like editing the photos to like take out like a stretch mark or like hide part of the bump. Like, I, you know, I'm not doing like anything to like, change or alter the photos and I'm just posting like whatever people are sending me. And it almost makes me feel like united, I guess. It's like, you know, and just this like celebration. I, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I love that. So if someone wanted to share their photos, would they tag you or should they DM you? I think it's best to DM me and that way we can talk about, you know, are they just sharing them with me privately or would you like me to post on the page? Because I don't ever want to do anything without assuming. Okay, perfect. So it's love my bump underscore. Yes. Cool. Well, yeah. thank you. I think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. So what has been the hardest part about your pregnancy so far? You know what? <laughs> and I know I'm not alone on this. I think it's this whole thing with the COVID-19 virus. Um, it's a really scary feeling to, you know, of course, nobody wants to get ill or, you know, become sick or anything like that. But to feel like every decision that I'm making every day, you know, where I go, what I touch, am I touching my face? Like, am I washing my hands enough? It just, I think it's a scary feeling to know that every micro decision I'm making throughout the day will affect my baby. So, and I, I work as a home care physical therapist. So obviously I'm working with patients directly as I know many other pregnant women are. Um, but I think it kind of got to the point with me where the situation in my own state was 
beginning to escalate and I could feel that it was kind of coming to that period of time where things were just going to like exponentially, I hate to say it, but exponentially get worse over the next several weeks or months. I don't really know, but um, I made the decision to take a small leave from my job. So I definitely am still employed, but I'm just on a leave right now. Um, But I had to be really careful because obviously I'm going to need time for my maternity leave. So I worked with my managers and occupational health just to figure out the best way for me to take leave and this and that. But I just felt like it was what was best for me and for my baby and for my family. And I was having, you know, I kind of have pre-existing like anxiety and depression. And I think the guilt of, I was feeling just personally guilt going to work every day, feeling as though I was putting my baby potentially at risk. And, you know, obviously you could look at that different ways too, right? Like, no, you're a good mom. Like you're going to work and you're providing for your family and this and that. But I think just, you know, for me personally, and I know everyone's different, but for me personally, it was really greatly affecting my mental health. You know, I was like tearful on the weekends. I wasn't enjoying my free time. And I talked to my husband and thankfully he was supportive about it. And I said, you know, I really think I need to, take a small leave from work while things calm down. And obviously, you know, my plan will be to return to work when I feel like it's safer, but I have so much respect for anybody that is, you know, continuing to go out and work um, with patients or just in their normal jobs, like pregnant or not. I think it's so brave and admirable. And today is April 2nd, 2020 for anybody who's curious on the date. So we're like right in the middle of all this COVID-19 and yeah, it's definitely, I don't think anyone could have predicted this. It's something, you know, none of us have ever seen in our lifetimes and it is, I think it's smart to put yourself first and, um, and your baby first. So whatever that means for every person, I think you have to do what's best for yourself no matter what at the end of the day. So I'm glad that you're happy with um, the path that you're taking right now. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a difficult decision to make. Um, but I ultimately, I feel like it was best for my mental health. And, um, you know, obviously, if I'm not in a good place mentally, I'm sure that must be affecting the baby. So I just felt as though this was best for me. But, you know, again, I completely respect any journey that somebody's taking. You know, I don't think there's a right or a wrong. I think this just happened to be what was right for me at this time. Mm-hmm. How did you tell your work that you were pregnant? And when? Um, how did I tell them? That was actually an interesting story too, because I, since I work in home care, um, so sometimes I run into the situation of secondhand smoke. You know, somebody may have just smoked like moments before I arrived. So it essentially almost feels like they're still smoking because there's so much smoke in the air. So I was having some concerns you know, I I mean, personally, myself, I'm not a smoker. Um, So obviously, before I was pregnant, it would kind of bother me to be in a house where I was breathing in secondhand smoke, because, you know, to me, that wasn't a decision I was making. And I didn't really want to be inhaling the smoke. But as I found out I was pregnant, of course, it became like more concerning and meaningful to me to try to avoid interactions with that. So I went to my managers, and they were sort of saying, you know, this is unfortunately the environment we work in. Um, And they recommended like, 
you know, certain kinds of masks I could wear and this and that. But at that point, it was still kind of early and I wasn't fully ready to tell my work. But I remember just saying like, you know, and I'm pregnant and that's why this is so much of a concern for me. So that was, <laughs> that was actually how they found out I was pregnant because I was trying to provide <laughs> leverage for myself and say, this is why I don't want to be exposed to the smoke. But, um, you know, thankfully I have a great team at work, a great rehab team, and we've kind of been able to work together to, you know, some of them sometimes help me take like a smoker um, and they look out for me, but knock on wood, I've been very fortunate to avoid most of those situations um, by luck of the draw slash my coworkers know I'm pregnant and they'll have a patient and say like, Molly should not see this patient. They smoke, blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I'm really lucky to have such a supportive team. Good. Well, if you don't advocate for yourself and for your baby, who's going to? So that's all you can really do is, is let people know what you need and hopefully they're able to help you in that situation. And if they can't, you just need to decide, you know, what's best for you. I'm glad that they were willing to be a little bit more flexible on that issue for you. Definitely. And it's, it's so interesting, like how powerful your maternal instincts can be, even just being pregnant. Like I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, you know, the baby is not even here yet. And I already just feel like I need to do everything I can to protect them. It's just, it's a wild feeling. Like, you know, you haven't even met this little person yet. And already you're like, finding yourself doing things to like stand up for you and for the baby. And I, to be honest, I don't know if I would have had the courage to pull the trigger and say, I need to take a leave of absence from work. If it weren't for the baby, I just felt like such a strong need to protect the baby. If I asked yet, how far along are you? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even say that. I am 24 weeks. What has been the best part of pregnancy so far? Honestly. It like it it sounds so corny, but it almost feels like magical and just special. Like I I just find myself always like rubbing my belly or like talking to my belly and it's just hard to believe that there's like a little person in there. <laughs> um, I know. It's incredible. And I think it's really cool recently because I can feel him moving around now and I feel him kind of more and more every day. And now my husband can feel it sometimes too. So it's, it, that's been really neat too. I would say that's like another favorite part so far. That's exciting. What does it feel like? It feels like a flutter kind of. Um, it was funny. One of my friends said it feels like a school of fish in your belly. And actually really it does feel like that sometimes. It's like, it feels like a flutter. And I think, you know, obviously as he gets, it's a boy. So as he gets bigger, um, I kind of feel little jabs here and there. Like they, they're not painful. You can just feel like little, like he must be punching or kicking or doing something. Cause I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he does have a PT as a mom. So he knows he has to get his exercises in. Exactly. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you have any like words of wisdom or anything that you'd like to share with somebody who's just starting their trying to conceive journey? Honestly, I think everybody is so different that you just need to like listen to your heart and listen to your doctor and do what's right for you. And I guess just don't get caught up in what has worked for other people or um, 
it's so much easier said than done, but don't put pressure on yourself and just do what feels right for you. And, you know, obviously what's right for your partner as well. I like that. And not comparing yourself to other people. That's good. Yeah. And you can't because everybody's journey and bodies are so different. Everyone's situation is so different. Everyone's cycle is so different. It's, it's not, I just feel like there's no cookie cutter approach, like how to get pregnant 101. You know what I mean? Everything. I think there's obviously things that are super important, like following the direction and advice of your doctor, but also, you know, follow along with things that resonate with you. Of course, you know, everyone's different with that too. Like I was telling you before, like to me, it just happened to be important to, um, like reduce or eliminate caffeine, no alcohol, um, meditating. So I felt like I was in a good place energetically, but you know, again, I don't, I don't think those things necessarily resonate with everybody that just happened to be what meant a lot to me, what was important to me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I loved hearing Molly's story. And I would really encourage you to check out her Instagram page. It's lovemybump underscore. And wherever you are on your own personal journey, just know that you have support around you. Even if it's friends or family or a complete stranger like me, know that you're not alone. And I know that the journey to parenthood can be a little bit daunting at times and Sometimes it's not as straightforward as we hope it would be. And I know that my age has given me the luxury of time. I know that some people are starting their journey later in life or maybe you're unexpectedly here on your journey or you've known that most of your life that the journey was going to be a little bit tricky or maybe it's just been really easy. But regardless, just know that you're not alone and tune in next week. If you would like to come on this podcast, please email me at trynaconceivepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram, trynaconceivepodcast. And if you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Have a great day. Bye.